world There's nothing you can throw at me That I haven't already heard I'm just trying to find A decent melody A song that I can sing In my own company I never thought you were a Oh
Lord God, thank you that you don't leave us desolate. Thank you, Lord God, that you are here with us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that your spirit inhabits this room because you have risen from the dead. And so now, Lord Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you help us to preach your word? It's in your name that we ask it. Amen. But there's three of them, and you want to have four. And then the fourth one could be Larry. And they're going to do a lot of things. I mean, baseball's the least of it. And in all those things, sometimes they're going to miss. Sometimes they won't. Sometimes they will. Sometimes they will. will. What do you want me to give you? Guarantees? These are kids, not appliances. Life is messy. I hate messy. It's, it's, it's so messy. You know, when I was 19, Grandpa took me on a roller coaster. Oh? Up, down, up, down. Oh, what a ride. What a great story. I always wanted to go again. You know, it was just interesting to me that a ride could make me so, so frightened, so scared. So sick, so so excited, and and so thrilled all together. Some didn't like it. They went on the merry-go-round. That just goes around. Nothing. I like the roller coaster. You get more out of it. Well. I'll be seeing you in the car. <laughs> well, that's uh, Steve Martin contemplating a uh, fourth child in his own image and likeness in the movie Parenthood. And you know, it really does make a difference whether you like the merry-go-round or the roller coaster. This world is kind of like a merry-go-round. Spinning on its axis, uh, spinning around the sun, spinning on whatever. So, you know, a lot of folks think that time is kind of like this. It's, it's circular, goes round and round. And until recently, most scientists uh, basically said the same thing, but not anymore. Now they say that time is kind of more like, like this. It has a beginning, a big bang. So the earth isn't just spinning, it's spinning out into space. And we're not exactly sure where it's going, but it's going. Kind of like, you know, a a runaway train. Well, Scripture teaches that, that time, chronos, not only has a beginning, it also has uh, an end, and so you see, if that end is good, it's not a runaway train, it's more like, more like a roller coaster. <laughs> Someone's in control. It's just not us. But we like control. So we do all we can to turn the roller coaster into a merry-go-round. Merry-go-rounds are predictable, so they feel safe, but they don't get you anywhere. 
and they tend to make you sick. <laughs> About 10 years ago, Susan and I drove our four kids to Disney World in our minivan. First day there, Susan took the two little ones to go ride the merry-go-rounds and meet Minnie Mouse, and I took Jonathan and Elizabeth to ride the roller coasters. We had this great time on Space Mountain, and so when we saw the sign for Alien Encounter, we thought, well, let's go for it. Alien Encounter wasn't really a physical roller coaster so much as an emotional roller coaster, and they definitely took you for a ride. There were warning signs all over the place. So John, who was nine, kept saying, Daddy, do you think I'll be okay? And Elizabeth, who was eight, kept lecturing John about courage, saying, I'm okay. I'm not worried, John. I'm not afraid, John. I'm okay, John. See, John wanted my judgment. Elizabeth trusted her own judgment. <laughs> Alien Encounter was one of those animatronic rides, you know, where they strap you in a chair and feed you a story. And so after some demonstrations of excess industries, amazing new teleportation technology, we were ushered into this large room where we all were strapped in harnesses around this huge glass and metal cylinder in the middle of the room. Some strange people appeared on this screen and welcomed us to the main demonstration. One of them explained that he was the chairman of Excess Industries and that currently he was on another planet in a faraway galaxy. But now, through the amazing new excess teleportation technology, he himself would be beamed through space and materialized in the excess teleportation chamber right there in the middle of the room. Pretty cool. John and Elizabeth were doing just fine. When all at once, one of the technicians acted as if something had gone terribly wrong. She yelled out, I, I must recalibrate! And then she said something like, I've locked onto another planet in our transmission path, and, and then what if it's not him? And then she said, it's an alien! And then she said, it's carnivorous! And then the teleportation tube, it, it, started, to, it started to break in our chairs. They started to shake, and through the smoke and the flashing lights, all of a sudden, this huge dragon-like lizard alien creature materialized in the middle of the room, and the teleportation module. I, I looked at John. He looked at me, and I smiled. <laughs> He's okay. He knows it's still part of the ride. I look at Elizabeth, and she's not looking at me. <laughs> she's looking at the alien. And then all of a sudden, I realized, oh, crap. <laughs> she bought the lie. The technician yells, people of Earth, do not worry. As long as the force field beams are in place, the alien cannot fly out. Just then, the power fails. Everything starts shaking, and he screams, the alien is out! The alien is out! Someone get him in the tube before he eats someone! And all of a sudden, you feel like alien breath on the back of your neck. <laughs> and then you hear the sound of an alien eating someone, like right above your head. And then liquid drips on your head and, and on your hands. And, and then Elizabeth, she started screaming. She just started screaming, we have to get out of here! Daddy, we have to get out of here! We have to get out of here right now! And I look over. And I'd never seen such a look before. It was a look of absolute sheer terror. 
And I remember thinking, she actually believes she's going to be eaten by an alien. And my heart, my heart just broke for her. I mean, I wasn't afraid. But I felt her fear. But I was locked into my chair. So I looked at her and I started screaming. I started screaming, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, listen to me, Elizabeth. Listen, look at me, Elizabeth. Look at me, Elizabeth. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. It's not real. In that moment, I couldn't explain how the breath that she felt came from air tubes in the back of her chair. I couldn't explain that the liquid dripping on her hand was tap water and not blood. I couldn't explain the gears and levers and how they shook her chair uh, in rhythm with the soundtrack that was playing on their sound system. I couldn't explain that at that moment she was far safer than she'd been the previous four days riding in our minivan. (laughs) I couldn't explain it. All I could do was try to get her to trust my judgment more than her judgment screaming, listen to me, listen to me, look at me. It's not real, it's not real, it's not real. Now the air was real, right? The liquid was real. The shaking was real. But the lie was not real. Lies are absence, not substance. Lies are the absence of of truth. So I screamed, look at me, look at me, listen to me, look at me. But she couldn't, and she didn't, for she was trapped, trapped in her own little merry-go-round of fear. Started as a rather attractive lie. (laughs) John, I know what I'm doing. John, I'm in control. John, I have it all figured out. An attractive lie turned into hell. Even after the ride was over, it wasn't over for Elizabeth. (laughs) She sat on my lap, literally sobbing and shaking for half an hour, stuck in a moment, imprisoned by a lie. Well, we've been studying the first two chapters, three chapters of Genesis for the last couple of years. In the first chapter, we found out that time is a trip. It has a beginning and it has an end. It begins on, uh, has a beginning day one and it ends on day seven when everything, everything is good on the seventh day, the eternal rest, heaven, God's rest, eternity. You see, according to scripture, we live in the sixth day of creation, for God is still making us in his image, the sixth day. Because of Einstein's theory of relativity and time dilation, even physicists now argue that from the standpoint of the Big Bang, this may very well not seem like the sixth day, but actually be the sixth day of creation. Well, no matter what, the first chapter of Genesis teaches us that we're on a ride from chaos to the kingdom where everything, Everything is good. Then chapter two, we're, we're back in day six, being made. In chapter three, something goes terribly wrong. It's an alien encounter 
We believe a lie, get stuck in a moment, and think the ride ends in disaster. (laughs) Think it ends in death. In chapter 3, verse 1, Eve encounters an alien, a talking serpent. It's not just any serpent. A serpent is a creature that God has made, but the serpent, this serpent, is infected with evil that God has not made. Evil is the presence of an absence, the presence of the void. I am not. The Bible names this serpent Satan, the devil, the dragon, the leviathan, the chaos monster, he feeds Eve a story, and she, she buys the lie. He tempts her to doubt God's judgment and trust her own judgment, and so create herself with herself and the knowledge of good and evil. See, the deep lie is that God is not good, and that he does not love her, and that she cannot trust his heart. The obvious lie is that she won't die, but she does die. Adam and Eve become the walking dead, dead in their trespasses and sin. They seize control and they hide in fear, stuck in a moment, a merry-go-round of shame and fear, and they think it's over. They think the ride is over. They're done. Has that ever happened to you? Feel like you're Going along, life is moving along, and then you get stuck in a moment. Perhaps you were betrayed or abused. Perhaps you got a divorce. Perhaps you lost a child, maybe even killed a child. Perhaps you were raped or committed something like rape and you think you could never be forgiven. Whatever the case, you're no longer moving forward. Your heart is stuck. Your mind goes in circles like a merry-go-round, but you're not merry. (laughs) Kind of like this. Can you see that? The merry-go-round on the sixth day, cutting you off from the end, You think the story is over and you're stuck in a moment. Well, all of humanity is stuck in a moment. On the sixth day, a lie. Adam and Eve are stuck, hiding in the trees, believing a lie, dead and terrified to die. In Genesis 3, uh, God shows up, and he does all sorts of things, but in verse uh, 14, he curses the ancient serpent. Verse 14, so the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed. More than all cattle, more than every beast of the field, on your belly you shall go, and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. Eat dust. Now, that's interesting, because Adam is what? Dust. I hope you realize that there is an entity that wants to eat you for supper. And I will put enmity between you and the woman serpent and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head or crush your head and you shall bruise his heel. Seed of the woman will crush your head, Satan. Seed. 
can't produce life. But the woman can. She's the mother of all life. Her seed is life. He said, I am the life. Well, what's the seed of Satan? A lot of interesting speculation about that. But Jesus himself told us that Satan was the father of something. Remember in John 8, he tells us that Satan is the father of lies. And he tells some Jews and some religious leaders that their father is the devil. In Matthew, he calls them snakes. They're people that believe the lie that the snake told Eve, so they try to make themselves in God's image with laws and good deeds. The apostle Paul was one of them. I think we're all one of them. I think they're called sinners. People who trust their own judgment over God's judgment. Listen to 1 John 3, 8. This should wake you up. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. Doesn't that stretch you out just a wee bit? Because who's not sinned, right? You see, uh, we all have one of these. An old Adam that believes the lie. This is the me that I create in fear and shame, the dark, empty, sinful self, this is me stuck in my moment. Disobedience, darkness, death. Next verse. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Destroy that full self. Whoever has been born of God does not sin. For his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's been born of God. You see, I have a new self born of eternal seed, the me that God creates. An old self and a new self. An old Adam and a new Adam. And the seed is Jesus, and he has been born in me, his body. Jesus is the eschatos Adam, the ultimate Adam, the superman, the super dust. Yet you'll remember that Satan is a man-eater, a dust-eater. And on Good Friday, 2,000 years ago, he ate the wrong dust like this. Okay, okay, where are you going? I'm gonna get my gun back. Hey, hey, look, wait a minute, I'm talking to you. You know how many of your kind I've swatted with a newspaper? You're nothing but a smear on the sports page to me, you slimy, gut-sucking, intestinal parasite. Eat me! Eat me! about my face for something bad happened to you. Too late. <laughs> that is my favorite Easter video. <laughs> for you see, at the cross, the father of lies swallowed the truth himself. 
The prince of darkness swallowed the light of the world. The murderer swallowed the life. The accuser swallowed the judge. The prosecuting attorney ingested mercy himself. The adversary swallowed our advocate. The land of the law swallowed the way. Uh, the prince of this world and this time swallowed eternity. Hell swallowed heaven. The chaos monster, Leviathan, swallowed the word by whom and through whom all things are made. Is that cool? I am not. Swallowed I am that I am. God wrapped himself in dust, bore our sin and sorrow and shame, and Satan took the bait. Satan swallowed God, and hell cannot contain God. Hebrews 2.14, Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong bondage, slavery. Now listen to this, Colossians 2.13, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the principalities and powers, the rulers and authorities, and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Jesus. At the cross, God took my sin and shame and all the accusations against me, my sinful self, the seed of the serpent, and he nailed it to the cross with Christ Jesus. Now, we've been doing this for for a month or so, but I want you to get the point. He forgave me. And not my sins only, but the sins of the whole world, says John. He forgave all. That's his judgment. His judgment is mercy. Well, if God's judgment is mercy, and all is forgiven, and Satan is disarmed, and Jesus broke down the gates of hell from the inside out, why do people stay there? Why do we stay there? I mean, why do we live in such shame, anxiety, and fear? Why do we get stuck in a moment? You know, at Alien Encounter, they had these signs all over the place <laughs> warning people not to ride the ride if they hide heart problems or mental disorders. <laughs> I mean, they were really concerned that folks might have a heart attack or a mental breakdown. Do you get that? Even though the ride itself was safer than our minivan, even though the alien threat wasn't real and only lies, they knew that believing a lie Believing something unreal can have very real consequences. You see, your only real danger is your own lack of faith. But your own lack of faith is hell. And give Satan his power. 
Our problem is lack of faith. We don't have the heart of God, the mind of Christ, the spirit of love. That is, we lack faith. But even there, God has us covered, literally covered. Because Christ defeated the serpent, and now he goes on the ride with us. It's not only Easter in the past, you see, it's, it's Easter right now. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 15. But now Christ has risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in its own order. Christ the first fruits, afterwards those who are Christ that is coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. And you know, your old man is a rule, authority, and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet with that snake. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Now listen to verse 45. And so it is written, the first Adam became a living being, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. You see, he's with you on the ride in your heart, through the power of his spirit, saying, look at me, look at me, see my hands, see my feet. I've conquered death, do not fear. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me, so throw your hands in the air and enjoy the ride. His presence in you is faith, hope, and love in you. He gives you himself saying, eat me, drink me. That destroys the old man. And you see, that, that is the new man. Verse 49, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man, the man of heaven. Verse 54, so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, O hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, unbelief. And the strength of sin is the law. The law is the knowledge of good and evil. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus the Christ. You see, he is the grace of God, fruit hanging on the tree of law that is turned into the tree of life, the cross. He is the image of God. He is our destination. He is the end of this ride, the beginning of the new creation. He's the narrow road. He's the narrow gate. He is the way to the seventh day, the promised rest. He's the victory of God, the word through whom all things are created, and he does not fail, even when he's crucified, especially when he's crucified. And now I hope you see it. It looks like a setup, doesn't it? I mean, God destined us to look like Jesus, and Jesus is crucified. He destined us 
for grace. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. He gives us beauty for our ashes, joy for our sorrows. So the more ashes and sorrows I have in time, I guess the more beauty and joy I have in eternity. He actually turns our sorrow, he takes our sorrow and turns it into dancing. You see, it looks like a setup. I mean, he put two half-baked naked people with no knowledge of good or evil in a garden with an evil talking snake and a tree of death in the middle on which he planned to be crucified and give his broken heart for the sins of the world. It looks like a setup. But a good setup. And I hope you see it. Something did go wrong, (laughs) but the ride's not over. We did choose sin. We did choose hell, but God our Father never lost control. So yeah, this life is one hell of a ride, but it's still a ride. It's not a merry-go-round. It's going somewhere. It might have ups and downs, even some loop-de-loops, but it's going somewhere. And it's not a runaway train. It's, it's a roller coaster. It has a beginning and it has an ending and they are both love. And now you may be thinking to yourself, yikes. Why would God ever take us on such an outrageous ride? And you may have been thinking a few minutes ago, why would a good father ever take his eight-year-old daughter on Alien Encounter? Well, I'm sure that God's reasons are better than mine, and I'm not recommending Alien Encounter for eight-year-olds, but I do know this. On that ride, my daughter saw my heart broken for her. And on that ride, my daughter loved my heart broken for her. And on that ride, she trusted my heart broken for her. And on that ride, she was made a little more in my image. Do you understand that God gave absolutely everything to make you in his image? He gave you his heart. And his battle with chaos and the void was real. His encounter with the alien, no gimmick. And perhaps he wants you to know it. His heart broken for you. One of my kids' favorite rides at Universal Studios was the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom ride. They knew that the danger wasn't really real. But Indiana's danger had been real. So going on the ride, they kind of felt like him. Maybe this life is the Jesus Christ and him crucified ride. You know, he actually dies and rises in you, with you. He is the ride. Perhaps he wants you to share his victory. Perhaps he wants you to feel just a little bit what he feels, that you might know him, becoming like him in his death and sharing in his resurrection, made in his image. 
about a year after Alien Encounter, Elizabeth wrote me a poem. I've kept it in a stack of papers on my desk for nine years. I read it every few weeks. Goes like this. <laughs> the spelling's pretty cool in it too, but I'll try to read it. <laughs> Dads. Dads that are always there for you. Dads that will kiss you before bed. Dads that teach you how to be brave. Dads that will be there to go on the big rides. Dads that are there when you come home from school saying, Daddy, the bully beat me up, and he says, I love you, Elizabeth. Dads, if they were not here, the world would be blank. Dads. Now, if you're thinking, oh, that's cute, that's fine. But what difference does Easter make? Well, if there were no Easter, there would be no ride and the world would be blank. Jesus is the Father's word and through that word and him crucified, God creates all things and reconciles all things unto himself. And if you're thinking, okay, fine, but what difference does it make to me? Well, it's the difference between heaven and hell. When we don't believe the end, which is Easter, when we don't believe the end, we get stuck in the moment. We get stuck in time, and it turns into hell. In the summer of 1998 at Disney World, my daughter was stuck for about three minutes, stuck in the fear of death, and I could not reach her, for she believed a lie, would not receive my word or look into my face. It, it was a taste of hell. Your Father's word is Jesus. When you see him, you see the Father. When you believe him, you're saved. For faith is the difference between heaven and hell, laughter and despair. You see, faith in the end, faith in the resurrection of Jesus changes every moment, past, present, and future. It changes every moment of your ride. I found an old video of an alien encounter on YouTube. I edited it for length and language. <laughs> I want you to watch it. Uh, but mostly, I want you to just listen to the people. The teleportation tube is starting to break.
people were fed the exact same story. They all felt the exact same sensations. They were all on the exact same ride. Some wept and screamed in despair, and some laughed in uncontrollable joy. Some did both. But you see, the difference between laughter and despair is faith. Well, we're not all on the same ride. Some rides are far scarier than others, and I don't want to make light of your tribulation and pain. I've been to Auschwitz. I've walked through the killing fields. I've watched people die. I've cast out numerous demons and Satan himself. I've witnessed unbearable sorrow and unspeakable sins. And believe me, I've been stuck in more than one moment. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, maybe Jesus really meant it when he said, in this world, in this world, in this time, in this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome, I have conquered the world. You do understand, don't you? He's the Word through whom all things are created. He is more real than anything that you see. You do understand He's the beginning and the end. He is not trapped by any moment. He made time itself. You understand he is life. All of death and hell can't begin to contain him. And you do understand he loves you with all that he has and all that he is. So he wants to show you his victory, share his glory in every moment of your life, especially the moment that you die and live. And so on the night that he was delivered up, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body given to you. Take and eat. And in the same manner after supper, he took the cup and he said, this is the new covenant. This is my blood of the covenant poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you, and do it in remembrance of me. And so we invite you to come to this table tear off a piece of the bread and dip it in the cups. The dark cups are juice. The white cups are juice. The dark cups are wine. Would you pray with me? Pray this. 
only if you mean it. You just say this silently in your heart after me. In the name of Jesus, Father, I give you all my moments, my old sinful self. If you're saying to yourself, I don't even know if I believe in God. Well, it only takes a mustard seed. No, nobody believes in him perfectly. Just a mustard seed with what you've got. Just pray that. I give you my old sinful self. And then this. Jesus, fill me with yourself. My new self. Be the way in every moment. Be the truth wherever I have believed a lie. Be the life rising in me. Be Easter in me. Amen. And if you'd like to stay and uh, sing some more worship, you're welcome to do that. You know, the worship band keeps playing uh, after, after we benedict, and you're welcome to stay in worship. Uh, also, if you'd like prayer, we have a prayer team, and they'll be meeting in the little chapel room back here on the side. A lot of times you need people to go to those moments in the past or the moments you're stuck in in the present and help you find Jesus there and help you see the way there and the truth there and the life there and they'd be happy to do that with you. Also, if you'd like dessert, uh, we have dessert. Since it's Easter, we didn't get pizza, okay, because we figured you had, like, ham, right? Do you have ham? And uh, so we have, like, some dessert out there. Uh, before you go, did you see the um, advertisement that Justin pulled together in the paper? Well, it's pretty cool. It was in the Denver Post, and it said... Uh, because we're having this sunset service, it said, Jesus is risen, so you can sleep in. <laughs> and at first I thought, oh, that's cute, but, but that's wrong. <laughs> and then the more I thought about it, I thought, no, that's cute, and that's exactly right. Because you see, if you believe in Easter, you really believe in Easter, well, you can listen to your father and walk through the depths of the sea like the Israelites. You can look at your Lord Jesus and walk through storms on top of the waves like Peter. If you believe in Easter, you can even stare the serpent in the face and laugh at his lies. If you believe in Easter, you can fall asleep on a boat on top of the sea like Jesus. You see, Easter is the rest of the story. <laughs> Easter is the rest of your story. Easter is the rest in every moment of your story. It's the presence of the end, and the end is good. So in Jesus' name, believe the gospel. Amen.